Thank you for choosing the podcast of Four Mile Creek Baptist Church in Moss Point, Mississippi. To discover more about Four Mile Creek or what it means to follow Jesus, you can visit us online at www.fourmilecreek.org. Here is this week's message. In John's Gospel, which is not where we're at today, but it's a really good springboard for where we're headed. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning in verse 12, the Bible tells us this. Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name... I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it does not see him or know him. But if you do know him because he remains with you, he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I will also love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it you are going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. You have heard me tell you I am going away and I'm coming to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you may believe. I will not talk with you much longer because the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. On the contrary, so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do as the Father commanded me. Get up. Let's leave this place. God, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would make us a unified people. Father, we recognize that the Holy Spirit in us is better than Jesus beside us. And it is through the indwelling presence of God the Holy Spirit that we are able to be a united people for your glory and our good. And God, I know based on the authority of your word, that you want this church to be a united body. I know that. And Lord, I am asking that which I know to be in your will. 
And so, Lord, I pray that you would make us a united body through your power, through your work, for your glory, for our good, so that the world may know that Jesus is Lord, we are his, and he is ours. He is over all things from eternity past to eternity present to eternity future. Lord, we are unified as we obey. Enable us and empower us to obey. In the name of Jesus and for his sake, amen. amen. Continuing our series in Acts chapter 2, we begin by talking today, well, we continue by talking about unity and the Spirit. Until we are ready to surrender to the leadership of God the Holy Spirit, it does not matter what comes out of our deacons meetings, staff meetings out of my office. It does not matter the vision that God gives us until we are ready to surrender to His leadership and to do the hard work of preserving unity and fostering unity in this church. It does not matter. God wants us to be unified. And can I just tell you that we're not? I have cried over this. I have prayed over this. I said yesterday to the Lord in prayer, the task is too great. And God, unless you do something, then we cannot foster it ourselves. The Holy Spirit in us is better than Jesus beside us because it is through the indwelling presence of God the Holy Spirit that we are able to pursue unity, that we are able to pursue the mission that God has laid before us. It is, it is through His power that we are able to do all the things that He has commanded us. We don't do that in our own strength. We don't do that because we wake up and decide that it's a good idea. We must surrender to the Holy Spirit. Until we're, until we're ready to do that, dear friends, it, it doesn't matter what we think we can do. It doesn't matter what we hope God may do until we begin by saying, Father, our bodies are not our own, our lives are not our own, but in life and in death, God, everything belongs to you. We are but pawns in your hands. Lord, you tell us which way to march, and God, we're going to march that way. It doesn't matter what we do. And I need y'all to understand that. Well, let me, let, let me rephrase this. I don't need y'all to understand that. God needs us to understand that. God needs us to, to embrace this, to walk in this. We can do ministry in our own strength. We can, we can launch ministerial programs and ministerial emphases and so forth and so on. But if we do it in our own strength, it's for naught. It's for nothing. And in Acts chapter 2, we see that the church is united in the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit of God who unites believers together. Because we have one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, as Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians. So many have come and said to me, Pastor, I am willing to do whatever it takes. Except, though you don't say it, except the hard work of submitting our lives to the leadership of God the Holy Spirit. 
before we can do anything, we must submit to the leadership of God the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost has come. And the Bible tells us that when the day of Pentecost had arrived, Acts chapter 2 verse 1, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We can be a church on mission with a whatever-it-takes attitude because God the Holy Spirit is a unifying gift. He is a unifying gift. A church without the Holy Spirit is not a unified church. In fact, a church without the Holy Spirit is not a church. A church in which members will not submit their lives to the leadership of God the Holy Spirit is outside of the will of God. They are outside of their purview, and they may have a semblance of being a church, but they're not a church. We must submit ourselves to the leadership of God the Holy Spirit in all areas of our life and how we think, speak, act, how we live. Everything must be submitted to the leadership of God the Holy Spirit. And we can do that because He unifies us. He unifies us. We are not the Craig Todd Baptist Church in Moss Point, Mississippi. We are not the David Lowry Church of Moss Point, Mississippi. We are not the put in your name in that blank or the Kayla Todd or the Mike Savage or, or whoever Baptist Church of Moss Point, Mississippi. We're not unified under, under a human character like myself or like you. We're, we're unified under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a unifying gift. The day of Pentecost has arrived. These men and these women, these disciples, they're from all walks of life. They're men, they're women, they're young, they're old. Some are rich, some are poor. Some are government officials, some are fishermen, some are uneducated, ordinary men, we read in uh, uh, Acts chapter 4. But yet they all receive the same measure of God the Holy Spirit, the same third person of the Trinity, every single person received in equal measure. Regardless of their walk of life, regardless of their life story, regardless of anything else, through a faith relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Holy Spirit has come down and has rested on each of them. The question is not whether or not you have as much of the Holy Spirit as Brother Craig has, or Pat has, or Mike has, or my wife has, or whoever else. It's how much of God the Holy Spirit does he have of you? And until you're willing to answer that question and say, Lord, I want to give everything I can of you, we'll never be unified. You want to turn Jackson County upside down for Jesus? Submit to the Holy Spirit. Say, God, I'm going to give you my all. You want my wallet? I'm going to give you my wallet. You want my reputation? I'm going to give you my reputation. You want my physical life? God, I'll give you my physical life. Lay it down. Give it to them. If, if you hold on to it too tightly, you're going to lose it. You hold it with open hands, you're probably going to keep it. Don't hold on to something so tightly that you end up losing your soul. Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? 
Give your life to God the Holy Spirit. He is a unifying gift. The reason that you and I can partner together in ministry and partner together for the kingdom of God is not because we can, we can figure out the best way to do something. Not because we can, we can uh, 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 arrange words in such a way and, and be a wordsmith and prick the hearts and minds of people and get them to give some type of physical response that, that is just a temporary thing. It is because God the Holy Spirit indwells us through His presence and His ministry and enables us to serve Jesus boldly and for His glory. He is a unifying gift. We have a shared experience. I was in Las Vegas on a mission trip. Coming back, I decided to get my boots shined. By the way, I need to get them shined again because they're starting to look pretty dull. And I was getting my boots shined in Las Vegas airport. And there's this fellow from some uh, uh, African country. And we're sitting there and we're talking. And he says, well, what are you doing here? And I said, well, we've been here on a mission trip. We've been helping a local church as they reach their community for Jesus. And he begins to speak to me about what it means to him to follow Jesus. He says, you know, when Jesus says, pray that God would give us this day our daily bread, he says, the village I I come from we understand that he says if God don't give us the daily bread we don't have it we understand when we pray that what that means he and I we had a heart connection I can't tell this guy from Adam if I were to see him again but in that moment we had a connection because we had the same Holy Spirit of God indwelling both of us we can be a church on mission when we submit our lives to the power and the leading of God the Holy Spirit he is a unifying gift. He makes us one body. Jesus says, I'm going to go to the Father, and when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. I'm going to send him to you, and he's going to put you in remembrance of all that I have said. Which, by the way, if you don't read the Bible, the Holy Spirit can't put you in remembrance of anything. You've got to be in the Word. Had a situation this week, I said, Lord, I just don't know. Holy Spirit said, yeah, you do. Well, do I? Yes, here it is. Ah, there it is. Thank you, Lord. He is a unifying gift. If you want to be a church on mission with whatever it takes attitude, we have to submit our lives to him. Paul says in Philippians 2.13, it is God. It's not you. It's not me. It's not your mommy, your dog, your boss, whoever. It is God, Philippians 2.13, who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good pleasure. The reason you're able to do what you do for the kingdom is not because you have the strength to do it yourself. It's because God gives it to you. Don't ever get that twisted, friend. It's God who gives you the power. It's God who gives you the power. If we be in Christ, we can serve. We can serve whatever the cost. We can forgive whatever the cost. We can partner together whatever the cost. We will go to the other uh, utter ends of the world regardless of the cost. If we be united in Christ, he will enable and empower us to do these things. But if we're not enabled, if we're not empowered by the indwelling and unifying gift of God the Holy Spirit... It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Period. I was telling Brother Todd this week that if churches could administrate their ways out of problems, it'd be easy. He remarked, you and I could be millionaires. We could sit down write a curriculum and a program and market that joker. It's only in the unifying 
presence of God the Holy Spirit that we are able to be a church on mission. These people were all from different walks of life, yet they came together. You and I are from different places. You have a different story than I do. Some of you are old, some of you are young, some of you are women, some of us are men. We're all different. We look at things different, we say things different, but yet we have the same Jesus who has saved us, who has redeemed us, who has reconciled him to himself, who has made us one new body, one new man, and it is in that power and in that reality that we move forward and we be a church on mission. Only in that and in no other avenue. He is a unifying gift, but he is also an empowering gift. He is an empowering gift. Listen again to verse 4. They were filled, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They did not begin to speak in tongues on their own accord. They spoke as the Spirit of God enabled them. That's how they spoke. The only reason they were able to speak is because God enabled them. The only reason you're able to breathe is because God enables you. The only reason you're able to serve in a church is because God enables you. The only reason that we're able to do anything that we do is because God lets us do it. Any good we do, it's because God let us do it. And by the way, the other side of that coin is if we're doing good in our own power, it ain't going to last. He's an empowering gift. Without the empowerment of God, the Holy Spirit ministry is done in our own strength and it's for nothing because it doesn't honor God. Ministry that can be done in the strength of men isn't worth shooting. Just isn't. It isn't. You want to turn this county upside down for Jesus? You have to trust in the empowerment God, God the Holy Spirit gives to you and me. Not in our own strength, not in our, not in our skills or abilities. We, we can't just say, well, you know, I did this event just like this uh, 5, 6, 7, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and so we should do it just like that again today. You know, I, I have all this uh, knowledge and expertise from all these years in businesses. So, Pastor, I'm going to tell you, you know, you, you, you really need to make this decision. Well, can I just tell you, if the church were a business... Anybody could do it. Warren Buffett could do it. Anybody could do it. But we only do what we do in the life of the local church, the empowerment that God the Holy Spirit gives us. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know what that means? If God didn't enable them, their mouth wasn't moving. If God isn't enabling you and empowering you, then what are you doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? One of the things I'm praying about, Lord, I need to lead a small group. I want to lead a small group, but Lord, I don't know my schedule as well as you do. So I need you to tell me when to start and if I should start. You know what he said? Hold up, Craig. I'm not saying you can't do a small group. I'm just saying that you can't do it right now. You're going to wear yourself out. 
God the Holy Spirit is an empowering gift. They spoke as the Spirit of God enabled them. We do not love God and others in our own strength. We do not serve in our own strength or evangelize, preach, or disciple in our own strength. If serving the Lord were as simple as just doing it out of your own strength, we wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't. And whose strength are you serving? And whose strength are you relying upon? I was a uh, uh, life and Medicare specialist, and, and still am for that matter. And uh, you, you, you know what they would tell us in the insurance industry? Do you know what the difference between insur- insurable is and uninsurable? One bad day. That's all it is. It's one bad day. You can be insurable this morning, right now. Go home, have a heart attack. Right, right then, you're uninsurable because you had the heart attack. Strength is but temporary. Strength is fleeting. Young man, you've got muscles in your ears. One day that's going to pass away. You might be healthy, healthy, healthy today. One bad day is all it takes. I used to be about 50 pounds lighter. I have one bad doctor's visit. Just now, getting back to where I need to be. Your strength is fleeting. Your health is fleeting. Your money is fleeting. How many of you watch the stock market? And whose strength are you trusting? And what are you trusting? You know, God the Holy Spirit will empower you and enable you to trust in the authority of God, in the presence of God, in the power of God. Paul says that we have access to the Lord and His vast strength in the book of Ephesians. Paul put vast there because he didn't want us to miss it. God the Holy Spirit is an empowering gift. He enables and empowers us to live at peace with all people and as far as it depends upon us. He enables and empowers us to forgive and to move on. He enables and empowers us to follow Jesus and grow together. He enables that. We don't do that in our own strength. In whose strength are you trusting? Here's the other reality. God the Holy Spirit is a God-glorifying gift. He is a God-glorifying gift. Picking up in verse 5, Now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, that is the Holy Spirit coming, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear him in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Lamites, those who live in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygra and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs. Underline this. We hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongue. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But some sneered and said they are drunk on new wine. 
When God the Holy Spirit began to work, people noticed that something was going on. And they came around, they wanted to be in the know. How many of you like to be in the know? You want to have an inside track, track to something. You want to know before anybody else. These people wanted to know what was going on. So they go and they begin to ask, what's happening? What's, what's going on? How is it that we can understand all of these people in our own native tongues? What's going on here? What's happening is this. In a world that denies the supernatural, the supernatural has broke through. And they notice I had a church member one time who said he no longer believed in the gifts of the Spirit. And our pastor asked him, said, really now? He said, yes. Gifts of the Holy Spirit stopped with the days of the apostles. He said, okay. He says, then why did you ask us to pray that God would heal you when you were on your deathbed in the hospital? God works so that He might be glorified and people might be drawn to Him. The blessings in your life, God has given those so that you might glorify Him and point others to Him as well. Your health is a testament to the goodness of God. Even in your sickness, it is a testament to the goodness of God. In your financial abundance, it is a testament to the goodness of God. In your financial lack, it is a testament to the goodness of God. How many of you think your budget is tight? That's everybody. Let me ask you. Do you faith God enough to give Him 10%? We say that God the Holy Spirit indwells each of us, and indeed He does. He will also empower you to obey Him. And in your obedience, as He enables and empowers you, God will be glorified. Can I tell you something? My wife and I, we give faithfully 10% of our income. Is it tight? Yes. You may not see us walk down here and put it in the plate like so many of you do, and I'm glad you do. Because when I walk by here in the morning and the plate's out there, I'll just pop it in. But we give and we give faithfully. And can I, t- can I just tell you? And our Holy Spirit empowered obedience... God has never let us go without. There have been times I've went to bed and I've said, Lord, I don't know how, how, how this thing and this thing is going to get paid. But you know what, God? We're trying our best to honor you and our finances. We're going to trust you. God, will you please provide? And you know what? He does. Do you faith God enough to do that? To be able to say, yes, indeed, my God will supply all of your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus our Lord. God works so that He might be glorified. These people, devout Jews from every nation under the heavens, come together, they see what's going on, and they say, what's happening? We want to know. They are declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. We understand them. We don't need a translator. The funny thing is, they had a translator. It was the Holy Spirit, and they didn't see Him at work. Are you willing to let God take the lead in your life in order that He might be glorified in whatever He calls you to do? Am I making sense here? 
If you honestly want to do whatever it takes to turn this county upside down for Jesus, to bring this church back to a place of health and back to a place that we are indeed a force for the kingdom, then friends, it's time you surrender to the leadership of God the Holy Spirit. The days of pastor, let me tell you what the problem is. I can name the people. I can name the decisions. I can tell you when they were made. It stops and it stops today. You might say, yes, pastor, I think there are problems. I think there were some poor decisions. Okay, fair enough. I'll give you that. God's forgiven it and forgotten it. Why do you keep bringing it up? You can't foster unity in the Spirit if you're always pulling out the record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Don't fight dirty. Ask my wife our rule about fighting dirty in our house. She'll tell you we don't do it. We can have a knockdown drag out about something. And if somebody brings up something that's been forgiven and forgotten, hold up. Now, babe. You said this was forgiven and forgotten. Why has it been brought back up? Do we need to pause this and go back to this? Is this unresolved? Do we we need to pick this back up? And do we need to talk through this? Because love keeps no record of wrongs. You can't foster unity in a church. If you're walking around waiting to pull out that little black book and say, well, I remember what you did. I'm going to add to this list now. God's not going to bless that. You think he's going to bless that? You're nuts. I love you, but you're nuts. You say this is the problem and that's the problem. And pastor, you and your staff and the key leaders in this church, y'all need to launch this initiative. I love you, but you probably have no idea what you're talking about. Do you know, with the exception of two people in this church, have I had anybody say, you know, I might be part of the problem here. I was one of them. Petey Harrell was the other. We had a miscommunication happen a few weeks ago. I said, that's on me. Petey came around and said, you know, had I just looked at my calendar, I wouldn't have been part of the problem here. You know what? In the future, I'm going to make sure I look at my calendar every week. I'm going to know that calendar. With the exception of those two people, I've not had anybody come and say, I might be part of the problem. I've not had anybody ask, Pastor, What can I do to help right this ship? Nobody's asked that. But yet we say we want unity in the Spirit as we are doing things that are exactly opposite of that. In fact, we're doing things that are contrary to fostering unity in the Spirit. Friends, may it never be. May it never be. I have cried over this. I have poured out my heart before God. God, just make us unified so that we might glorify you. Do you want to glorify God? We got one person, praise God. Do you want to glorify God? It begins as we make every effort to foster unity in this body. The only reason... That everything after verse 13 in Acts happens. Acts chapter 2 verses 14 and following happen. 
is because God the Holy Spirit, the Father's promise that we read about in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, because God the Holy Spirit has come down, has unified this group of people, has empowered this group of people, and has glorified God in the midst. Spoiler alert. 3,000 people will be added to the number on the day of Pentecost. In diplomacy, a united front is paramount. Because aggressors will take any opportunity that they see of a lack of unity and pounce. We must be united through the indwelling presence of God the Holy Spirit under the banner of Jesus for the kingdom of God, for His glory and our good. Christian, if you know Jesus and you're not seeking to foster unity in this body and to preserve it at all costs, to let the wrongs go, to let bygones be bygones, to forgive others as Christ Jesus has forgiven you, just as He has taken that certificate of debt and He has erased it with all its obligations that was against us and opposed us by nailing it to the cross, if you're not willing to do just as He's done with your certificate of debt and forgive the debt of others and pray God make us unified... And God, if I'm doing something that is not fostering unity, convict me of that because I don't want to do it. God, I don't want to be the roadblock to unity. You want to turn Jackson County upside down for Jesus? Oh yeah, we'll do whatever it takes, Pastor. The hardest thing that we will ever do as a body is make every effort to pursue unity. That's the hardest thing we'll do. I thought following Jesus is pretty hard. It can be if you do it in your own strength, but God will give you the power. But the reason that fostering unity can be so difficult is that just as Jesus said, if you want to follow after me, take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow after me, is because you're going to have to put yourself on that altar that we talked about earlier this month. You're going to have to submit yourself to the altar of God as a living sacrifice and say, God, it's not about me. It's about you. God, I might not like this decision, but you know what? Really, the only reason I don't like it is I just don't prefer that we do that. But you know what, God? I'm going to submit to you. And I'm going to be joyful in this service. I'm going to be joyful in following you. I'm going to be joyful in, 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 in taking my preferences which have become an idol and I'm going to nail them to the cross for your glory because God, the only idol in my life that I want is you. Because you and you alone are worthy. And until we do that, it don't matter. I can't force this. Church leaders can't force this. Your parents can't for, uh, force this. Parents, you ever told your kid, say sorry to your brother or sister and act like you mean it? We don't need people who act like they're unified. We need people who are unified. God doesn't want a church to fake it till they make it. He wants a church that's unified because they genuinely are. So Christian, what are you doing to help foster unity in this body? 
What are you doing to do the hard work of bringing about God's kingdom here in Moss Point? I wonder what this community would think if we were honestly a unified church. Man, that's something I want to be a part of. That's something I want to check out. Some might sneer and say, ah, those radicals. Those whatever. Let them. Let them. God the Holy Spirit, yes. God the Holy Spirit is calling us to be a united body. Young, old, man, woman, short, tall, best shape of your life or worst shape of your life. God's calling us to be one body under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ for His glory and our good. If you don't know Jesus, He's calling you to be united with Him. He wants you to know Him, to be transformed by Him, to be saved by Him. Will you give your heart to Jesus? And Christian... Will you be a living sacrifice as God empowers you and enables you and is glorified through your life?